Ireland for boost number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on a third. He's got it! 984, a world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal! A perfect score. 10.0 for Dante Tabanici. A perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. Welcome once again to Off the Podium and Olympics Podcast, continuing on our series of interviews with past present Olympians and a bit of a treat for you today as we bring to you one of Australia's most successful ever winter Olympians, Lydia Lassala, of course, uh, a gold and a bronze medalist in the women's aerials, gold in Vancouver in 2010 and bronze in Sochi in 2014. Now, fascinating statistic about the women's aerials is that Australia has won more gold medals than any other country in the history of the sport at the Olympics. And that is the only sport that Australia can lay claim to that. I guess besides Rugby Sevens, which is only a new event at the Olympics. But outside of that, that's a, it's a pretty outstanding statistic. I guarantee if you walked up to any po- person on the street and said, name the sport at the Olympics that Australia has won more gold medals in than any other country in the world. They're going to say things like swimming or rowing or things like that. But it's a winter Olympic sport. Of course, uh, Liz Camplin won gold in 2002. So it's it's an amazing statistic that I only found out in the lead up to this interview. But Lydia, outside of that, is an amazing athlete. As I said, gold in 2010, bronze in 2014. After she became the first ever woman to attempt and land the quad-twisting triple somersault. Didn't land it quite uh, perfectly, which possibly would have gotten her second gold still enough to get her a bronze medal and uh got well renowned for that feat in itself since sochi she sort of hung up the skis semi-retired um went on to more of a family life again uh, had a second child along the way uh, business ventures and a film that was released uh of course after sochi as well the film the will to fly which was released in 2016 doing great guns out there and just about to be released internationally very inspirational movie that d- details the sport of freestyle skiing aerials and just the drive that Lydia has in order to what she then went on to achieve in Sochi. But has recently said, hey, I'm going to have a crack, put on the skis again, and attempting to qualify for her fifth Olympics. And if she does this, she will become the first Australian female athlete to um, not only achieve this, but she could also then potentially be the first Australian female or male Olympic athlete in the Winter Olympics to win a third Olympic medal. She's up there with Dale Begg Smith, Stephen Bradbury, and Tora Bright as uh, the only, uh, and Alyssa Camplin, I should mention, uh, athletes to have won two Olympic winter medals. So, uh, Lydia, lots lots to do. She's back in Australia only for a few days before heading back out onto the World Cup scene. Uh, on her first uh, return to the World Cup recently, she took first place. So, clearly, she still got it and uh, attempting, of course, as I said, to go for that medal in Pyeongchang in 2018. So, uh, this is Lydia Lassala. I've interviewed her before, funnily enough, a few years ago on the brink, uh, but that was four years ago. Four years later, it's an Olympic uh, Olympiad, I guess you would say. She's back and it's great to chat to again so let's uh let's listen to Lydia Lassala speaking to us here and off the podium
Lydia, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure to have you here because uh, can I just point out that this time, I'm sure you know this, of course, in about 12 months, <laughs> if, if all things go to plan, you very well could be a five time Olympian, Lydia. Uh, I mean, I guess that's something you probably thought you would never be going off to achieve considering everything that's happened in your life since 2014. Yeah, look, um, back in the day when, you know, I was a little girl, I probably dreamed of going to one Olympics, um, (laughs) like most kids, and so kind of time ticks forward and you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, you start off as a rookie and then you're a veteran and going to five Olympics, so it kind of... um, yeah, it evolves and happens quickly, but nonetheless, it's kind of, you know, it's fun. It's a major event to look forward to, and I'm stoked. Well, you're back in Australia at the moment, I guess, for a little bit of R&R, but you've been back on the circuit, uh, out there, of course, training for several months and back competing. You've been doing great already, winning events and uh, really showing it uh, how it's all going out there. I mean, how was that mindset, I guess, after Sochi to then be back to where you are right now? Did you did you honestly always believe that you would be training for these Fifth Olympics or was it something that you gradually had to build yourself up to to even get back out there to go for number five? Yeah, look, after Sochi, I really thought I'd kind of retire. So I, I just gave myself the time, you know, to let that happen organically, I guess, um, and rather than, just, you know, declare retirement. So kind of, you know, got home and, and um, into family life, obviously, and had another child. And, um, you know, I run a business now since 2007. So got stuck into that and just, you know, put all my energy towards that rather than, towards sport and and just time ticked over and um yeah it's, it's funny you just feel like in a sport like mine that you know you know there's a fight like it's, it's finite you know you, when you do hang the boots up eventually it's over it's not something you can go kind of go back to on a weekend or anything <laughs> so you know you take your last kind of jumps and, and you realize that 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 you'll never do that again so that kind of thought i guess crossed my mind a few times and um as you know, a couple of years rolled on, um, just felt that bit of a void, you know, that that or that kind of feeling that, okay, well, this is the last time I'll have an opportunity to do this, so you better decide whether <laughs> you've had enough or you still love it and want to keep going. And and yeah, I just I let time kind of um, go on, and I had that feeling that yeah, I still kind of wanted to do it. You know, I still really felt like I love the sport and love being an athlete, and know that that's um you know it is coming to an end um fairly soon ish but um i thought i'd if i've got the opportunity to do one more and i still want to then i shouldn't really deny that so that's where we're at at the moment (laughs) and is it a sport that changes much uh in the time that you're away i mean do you find that you've got your fellow competitors really pushing that envelope just a little bit more or is it still very similar i guess to when you left it in, in 2014 um, I, you know, it's funny because I, I would say it's actually regressed a bit. So, you, you know, you have people, a lot of people retire after Olympics. Um, and we had, you know, people retire after Vancouver Olympics, strong athletes and strong ones again retire after Sochi. And it's up to then the young guns to fill in that, that void and start stepping up. And there hasn't really been much of that going on so it's been interesting there's been a format change which encourages you to play it safe a little bit more rather than than take risks and I think um that's kind of dumbed down the field a little bit not to say they're not good they're very good but they're not taking they're not pushing the envelope um as much as perhaps we have for the last couple of olympics so it is interesting um there's a you know there's a young girl Ashley Caldwell that is 
you know, amazing and, and out there every week doing triple somersaults. But other than her, um, you know, the, the field's playing it quite cautious. Um, so it's been interesting to come back to. I, you know, certainly didn't expect to come and win an event this season. Um, I really just wanted to come back and um, I've had very limited training. You know, you said a, several months. I've had actually several weeks. So not much at all preparation. Um, so I, I didn't set the bar very high for myself, <laughs> to be honest. But um, but a lot of the stuff's still kind of in the memory bank, you know, in your muscles and your brain. And, and I'm not doing triples. So I'm, I'm on the double doing easier tricks, which are a bit more manageable for me, you know, given the preparation I've had and the, the circumstances of life that I'm in at the moment. So, um, but, you know, I don't you know, take a win any day. I mean, that's an amazing feeling and... Yeah, I think for the rest of the season, um, just focusing on keep on keeping on building, you know, and, and getting back to that form that I I have liked to enjoy in, in the past. So, so you won't need to go out and try and improve on the quad twisting triple somersault next year in 2018 <laughs> then to try and really push for another medal then? You know, no, you don't need to. And that's, you know, that's been kind of against my grain, um, you know, in the past not to just do what you need to do you know I've always gone out there pushing myself and pushing the envelope um but for for a fifth olympics and and circumstances with me now it's just not I'll be doing it in a different way you know um and what's manageable for me and then my family as well and um but yeah as I said Ashley Caldwell will be out there she'll be the the only girl really doing cord twisting triple somersault um and I mean, yeah, anything can happen at the Olympics. But yeah, with not a lot of women on the triple, um, it's going to be an interesting competition of strategy more more than more than um, you know courage and and really pushing the boundaries. Now, of course, you, you mentioned some some roles there outside of uh, outside of skiing. Um, you know, obviously, you've become a mum. Congratulations again for a second time uh, in between uh, 2014. Uh, but also in, in between all your other p- pursuits as well, you become a bit of a film star, Lydia. Uh, your documentary, <laughs> The Will to Fly, which has been released recently, going great guns, uh, about to be released internationally this year, I believe, as well. I mean, how, how does this idea come about? And, and how have you found sort of the reaction to, to this film since it has been released? Yeah, look, the idea came about um, in 2012 um, when one of the filmmakers, Katie Bender, really um, had the idea. She was an ex-aerial skier and um, went on to study film in LA and work in the film industry and, and basically had the idea of, and wanting to, to merge her two loves of sport and film and, and make a full feature documentary. And um, I kind of had, you know, told her that, you know, what I wanted to do leading into the Sochi Olympics, coming back as a mum, wanting to push boundaries and, and do the quad-twisting triple somersault and defend, you know, an Olympic title. And, and she thought the content would make for a great um, full-feature film and, and documentary and be able to show um, the sport of aerial skiing in, in in a different light, in a light that people don't normally get to see. So um, it was released in last March on International Women's Day and so we've had a year now nearly of release and it's been picked up yeah by global distributors which is fantastic and won lots of awards and um, yeah it's great look I'm quite a private person (laughs) when it comes to kind of what goes on inside my head you know but um, they've really um, created a really nice piece of you know it's quite motivational it's inspirational for for all walks of life Um, and it's really nice to see um, the onward effects of that and the impact that it's having. You know, people contact 
us all the time, um, me all the time, just saying that's how much this film has inspired them to, you know, really go up, not put on hold and go after what they want. And and um, so that's, you know, really a satisfying feeling. Um, it, it kind of um, cancels out the awkwardness that I feel <laughs> when kind of, you know, with myself on a big screen and, and people knowing the ins and outs of, um, you know, my life. But um, on the flip side, then you can help people um, through that and, and see them achieve their own goals is quite is quite uplifting. No no invitations to the Oscars in a couple of weeks at all? Uh, just uh, <laughs> none of that happening? No, I didn't get one. Ah, <laughs> must have got lost in the mail then, Lydia, clearly. Um, it's, it's, you know, clearly has. It'll, it'll arrive. It'll arrive very soon. But, I mean, it, it seems to me it's a, it's a sport that I guess is rife for, for film or documentary treatment. I mean, it's such a, such a unique and fascinating sport that, uh, you know, people I'm sure who don't see it outside of the Olympics every four years uh, wouldn't be aware of just the training race and just the effort somebody like yourself and people here in Australia, I guess, have to go through to train given, you know, we're on the other side of the world, we get snow very, very rarely and mm. uh, just sort of things like that. So, I mean, on, on that side of things, has it opened eyes up for people, particularly maybe in Australia, to pursue the sport itself? Because I guess, as I said, it's it's something that really doesn't get as much attention outside of the Olympics every four years. Yeah, you're right, and it and it really does shine a light on the process of of the sport and what's really involved, and more more so the carnage that we take, <laughs> um, you know, out of competition, and um, yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal sport, you know. So um, you can see that in the film, and yeah, I think in terms of attracting the right people to the sport, it's doing that. I think um, if a if a young athlete's watching it and they're kind of on the fence and not sure whether they they want to do the sport or not, um, they watch the film, they're like, okay, yes, I want to do this, or hell no, I'm (laughs) not going to even start kind of thing. It's kind of, you know, it's one or the other, and that's the kind of sport it is. You're either all in or you're not, you know. You just can't, it's just not, it's not a recreational sport. You just can't go and do it um, casually or or half-heartedly. So, it takes that kind of personality. You know, we've got some funny characters on tour and, and um, different, all kinds of different personalities, but but you, you really do have to kind of be completely invested or, or, or not at all. So, it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. <laughs> What's the reaction going to be like one day if either Kai or Alec come up to you and say, say, Mum, I, I want to be an aerial skier. Let, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be burying my head in the <laughs> Um Yeah, look, it's it's tough because you know they've they've been you know on the road with me for a good six weeks already this season, and they ski and they see me jumping and and um, they're immersed in it. You know, they know all the people and uh, yeah, they're kind of like the tour mascots. You know, <laughs> everyone kind of knows <laughs> and gets to know, and and so. They've seen it, and and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, you know, turned around and said, "No, I want to try that." Kai's already saying he wants to start jumping on the water ramps, you know, this season and wow. and our off season. So it's kind of, you know, it's inevitable. But um, I I still, you know, encourage a tennis racket or a golf club <laughs> yes. in their hands, and um, I'd be frightened. I'd be absolutely frightened to watch them jump. I just, yeah, I, I get frightened with Kai on the monkey bars, you know. So I'm pretty hopeless like that. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But at the end of the day, you know, my parents just supported me and let me do what I wanted to do. And 
I'm pretty grateful for that. So I've got to kind of just um, follow in that kind of those footsteps. I'm sure. I'm sure one day when uh, either of them or both of them, you know, get an Olympic medal put around your neck, you'll be like, okay, this is all worth it. Now, <laughs> now I can understand. Yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> yes. So obviously, a couple of weeks here in Australia, and then then back on tour. So, how, so how many more events do you have to go for the rest of the season? And then is it just a case of uh, keeping that preparation up, keeping that mind ready ahead of uh, Pyeongchang 2018? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm home for a quick six days, so that's <laughs> two two down already. So I leave on Saturday, so it's just a quick break. But I just wanted to touch base with the um, kids and and make sure you know I, I kind of limit my time away from them to about three weeks, and that's as much as I can handle. So um, I really, yeah, wanted to come home and see them, and then. Yeah, we've got three more events. So we've got um, Minsk over in Belarus next and then Moscow, which is a great event. It's a scaffold event. It's an inner city event, so that's fun. Nice. And then we have World Championships over in um, Sierra Nevada in Spain. So that's it. Three more weeks and then back home. <laughs> you're back home and it's it's all moving forward. Well, Lydia, we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing how this all goes and obviously everyone here in Australia, fingers crossed and just hopeful that uh, 2018 goes your way. Come home perhaps, join an elite club, the first Australian to win three Winter Olympic medals, just uh, putting a bit more pressure yeah, on you, don't mean to, but nice. uh, best of luck. No and to the pressure I put on myself. So. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's all good. Oh, that's the aim, isn't it, really? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, best of luck and we'll keep an eye out and everything uh, how it all goes and uh, we appreciate your time on the show today thank you thanks for having me Definitely wish Lydia all the best. We're going to be keeping an eye on her for sure in 2018. And uh, just such a nice person, just such an inspirational athlete. And, uh, you know, easily if she makes the team in 2018 will be one of our medal hopes uh, going into the Winter Olympics. And given that it's only less than a year now to Pyeongchang, we're, we're very excited here and off the podium. I know, as I've said on this show before, I get more excited for the Winter Olympics, even though Australia doesn't clearly do as well. And Colin, being Canadian, well, you know, that's when Canada shines. So uh, I'm sure he's counting down those days until Korea, as uh, I'm sure you are too, as an Olympic fan listening to this show. And as an Olympic fan, you're enjoying these interviews. There's going to be more. Keep tuning in. We're going to have a preview episode, I guess a one-year-out episode uh, of Pyeongchang coming soon as well. Jared will be back. You haven't heard his voice in a while, so um, stay tuned for that. Off the podium, find us on Facebook, search us on iTunes. Remember to rate us, leave some feedback, everything else in between. We appreciate all the comments. And uh, we thank you for your time here on the program. And thanks once again to Lydia as well. You can just quickly uh, give a bit of a plug for a film, the will to fly film.com if you want to check out the trailer and see where you can see it. And uh, LydiaLassler.com, uh, great website. She blogs, she updates on her life, she guest speaks, she's on Twitter, she does everything. Lydia Lassler is Superwoman, just basically, let's just point it out there. So uh, follow her out there on all things to do with social media. Follow us, I've already mentioned that, I'm going to go because I'm just going to repeat myself over and over again. Thank you for your time and off the podium and we will speak to you next time here on the show.